You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, David Flowers, Tony Groves, and William Gibson. Hey, guys. So, How's it going, man? Good evening, fellas. Hey, hey, well, week 13, uh, we just finished it up, and uh, boy, what a build with the dirt. I don't think I've raced uh, as much as I have in the last seven days that I've been racing. It's been fun. So let's get right into it. Global Rallycross, um, my new favorite thing. I wasn't sure what I would think about it, but it's fun. Um. So let's talk about our first impressions of it. Um, you know, we saw the first day there, I think we saw Christopher Bell in a practice. I think that was you, Tony. You saw him. Um, I took, you know, my second race, didn't even make the feature. You know, I, I didn't uh, pass through on the consolation race. Uh, Tony, you uh, you made it to the feature on your first race out uh, and, and finished P6. Nice run. Yeah, thanks. Um, that was definitely not due to any kind of skill or anything like that. I just happened to not suck as bad as some of the other guys. The uh, the consolation race, uh, <laughs> there was only three of us, and man, we were just crashing everywhere. But you know what? Had a great time doing it. Yeah, and it's a different experience for sure because yeah, the part about sitting out and watching the other heat and the consolation race, like if you've already gone through. Uh, that's quite different than, you know, the normal experience. Uh, it's kind of like team racing, you know, but, uh, yeah, it's different for sure. Cause you have that time to sit down. I kind of like it cause I can actually get up out of my seat and go grab a drink or whatever and come back and not miss much, you know? I haven't run too much of it. I've just been trying to practice cause in, in the couple of practices I've been in, I'm just so much slower than everybody else. It's kind of ridiculous. I'm that bad. Uh, I'm still way off pace. Uh, I think, William, you and I were running in earlier today, and I think we I was two seconds off pace uh, in qualifying. Yeah, I was two, and the top guys in my split were actually two seconds faster than the top guys in your split, so... I feel like there's so many people in it that we're getting lots of splits, which is good. But yeah, there's definitely big skill gaps right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and so for week 13, we were running every hour there. I spent several nights uh, running uh, a bunch of those races. It was pretty much fun. I was enjoying myself. Um, I really couldn't figure out the I rating or SR. Um mainly because stats are still not working and I couldn't tell I couldn't make heads or tails of it because it shows uh, SR for the heat SR for the the feature and they're different numbers and so I I haven't quite put my finger on it yet (laughs) Uh, the other interesting thing was strategy on the joker lap you know deciding which one to do which lap to do it on? Do you wait towards the end? Do you get it done early? Do you do it when you're in heavy traffic? Uh, what'd you guys think of Joker? 
uh, I did a race last night at, uh, I believe, Lucas Oil Raceway. And um, I took the Joker right away because it's right there by that first turn. And I went from last to third just by dodging all the wrecks, having that kind of slower entry to that first turn. Um, but at Daytona, I like to kind of take it to make a pass because you gain so much time. So I think it's kind of just based track by track. You kind of want to take it different each race. Yeah, sometimes it's good for you, and other times it's not really good for you. Well, I've, I've had a blast with it so far. I haven't done it yet. I mean, like, everything I've seen, it looks cool. It's It definitely plays better than than the videos made it look. I don't know. I just, I, I've stuck more to the oval side, and I've really enjoyed that. Um my only complaint with the oval side is just you have such swings in safety rating. I, I went from like a 2.1 down to a 1.2 and now I'm back up to like a 1.8. It just, it's just weird. I've, I've been growing. I'm at D 3.48 um, for the road dirt license and kind of hoping to bring that up and maybe fast track to C I don't even think there's a C series, so I'm not sure what that's going to do for me. But Yeah, I feel like there's some kind of glitch or something with it, because I had the same experience on the, um, not the road side, but the oval side. Because I had an A license in both dirt and asphalt ovals, but my safety rating was cut from like a 3.5 to like a 1.2. I did one race with 0x, jumped it back up to 3.6 did a second race with 2x and dropped it back down to a two so there's really big swings right now at least on the dirt oval side um yeah. yes i think something's going on there yeah that's what david was experiencing too and i i don't know like i said i haven't been able to figure out exactly what they're doing or if, how it's broken or what but it's not right that's for sure so let's talk about the handbrake thing. Um, I'm using a button on the steering wheel, and I am finding it helpful in certain corners on certain tracks. But if you try to overuse it, you're going to end up in the wall, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, William, you ended up uh, getting a joystick just for this, right? Yeah, I picked up a joystick, um, which was nice because it gave me a couple of extra buttons to map when I'm in my VR headset. But yeah, there's only a few corners that I like using it. And I try not to use it as I try to use it as little as possible because as fun as it is, it does slow you down. But yeah, there's very few corners. I just wasn't a fan of having a button because I couldn't really feel what I was doing. I felt like I could abuse the button a little too much. So the joystick's been a nice nice addition. Yeah, yeah, the real slow, real sharp, kind of ninety degree t uh, turns. If you can just kind of kind of approach that turn and just stab the button just for a second. The back end will turn out on you and just turn that car. And it and these cars are hard to turn. I think, David, uh, I think that was your first reaction when you got in the, the VW Beetle, uh, Beetle. You told us, this thing won't turn. Oh, yeah. The, the, the car is great in a straight line. The minute you need to slow that thing to turn, you better be hitting that brake and downshifting and praying you make it to, to make the turn. And, you know, that's what I was doing, and it was still, I, I, I still looked like a a snail out there. Guys were going by me like it was, you know, like, I don't know. I just I just know I'm slow. 
Yeah, there's a lot of speed to be gained, especially for me too. And I feel like I can get around the track pretty good. Uh, my best finish so far is a second in the feature, and I did win a heat race. And so I'm pretty proud of those results. Um, still waiting for that first feature win, though. But, uh, yeah, loving it. I'm loving it. This is great for the off-season to get some dirt fix. Uh, all right, let's uh, jump to topics. Tony, you got the first one. Yeah, I'm having uh, some technical issues here, but I think I got things going. Um, apparently, there's a there's a bug that's causing the consolation races to be skipped. Um, oh, uh, I know they put out a a hot fix for the. Uh, was this part of the hot fix? Yeah, I, guess... I think so. And today's topics are all chronological. I did I didn't try to sort them. And so these, in these first ones we're reading were at the beginning of the week, right after the build. And you'll see as we go down the list, uh, yeah, they fix a lot of these. A bunch of these things are bug reports. But, yeah, for a while, in certain races, that consolation wasn't working. Okay. Now, I didn't experience any of that. Did, uh, did you end up getting hit by that bug? I didn't, uh, but it was all over the forums, apparently. So that was, um, Actually, that first race we did, Mike, when we were in the lobby together. And they crashed out of the Constellation race, and we just got stuck there. Oh, that's right. And we just had to wait and wait, and then we left the race, right? Yeah, yeah. We, we um, I think three cars made the Constellation race, and they all ended up wrecking out. The timer ran down, and then it just stayed there, kind of like in limbo, and it didn't start the main up. Right. Yeah, We the timer ran down like 10 minutes. And... We, I think we were talking at the time. They got to fix that. Like when people wreck out, they need to advance the session to the next one, you know. I actually did a midget race this morning where they um, they actually skipped a whole heat race because there wasn't enough cars. So I think they might have got some of that sorted out. Yeah, you're right. I think they put that into the hot fix. All right. New, new build, new bugs. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. All right, I'll take the next one here. Uh, well, talking about the the new A car changes, which were extreme apparently, but uh, what do you guys think? I mean, um, initial impressions are very promising. It's kind of the um, what I heard in the forums. The fixed Atlanta set is tight. Um, and so, what do you guys think? We have an open set from an anonymous donor that we're going to run tonight for the pro race. Um, David, you were telling me you couldn't drive it. It was too loose. But what do you think of the fixed? I didn't really run the fixed. I was trying to get a handle on the the anonymous donor set, and I just, I just couldn't. And I'm going to run the fixed, but, I mean, the fixed has always been tight doesn't matter if it's a new build or not <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh you know it's hard to, for me to tell I, I i've obviously practiced the car okay but until you're in a race i don't know if you can tell what you got and that's what i'm looking forward to tonight you know we're going to run the pro race at atlanta i hope i'm going to get a good feel for this car and what these changes have done to the racing and to the car itself. So 
right now I, I'm kind of up in the air. I don't really understand what we got. All right. Uh, William, you want to pick up next one? Yeah, so we had Steve Myers in um, the forums talk about some new GRC content or stuff they were working on. Um, they were actually working on a Brands Hatch rallycross track that they kind of had to set off to the side because they were having issues with the Joker section. Um, but it is nice to know that they have more content coming down the pipe for Rally because it's you know it's been a lot of it's been a huge success so far. So good to know we got some more tracks on the way. Hopefully, yeah. Yeah, Brands Hatch, it, it appears they have a running model of it. They just got to finish it. Uh, I actually ended up buying content. Surprise! I bought the Lucas Oil Raceway IRP uh, because we were running it in the Global Rallycross, and I wanted to run Global Rallycross. I wasn't going to go the whole night without running it, so I bought a track, and boy, that was fun. That particular track is fast. I mean, it go, you go up on the oval, and then you got to shut it down real quick and turn left off the the banking. And uh, boy, that is some corner. Yeah, I love that. Right after the jump, you get a really big right hand sweeping corner on dirt. I really enjoyed that corner, and then that was actually one of the few times I actually used the e brake was to kind of hit that hairpin right after that. Um, right, that, to spin that, the car around. Yeah, because you go from a big, big right-hand sweeping corner to like a, just a really sharp left-hander to get back onto the oval portion of the track. The other thing in the forums is Steve Myers has been encouraging people to come up with ideas of which tracks can we add a global rally cross to. Um, because the nature of global rally cross is these are temporary tracks, so they're not really scannable. And so, like, the one they did at Phoenix, for example, is kind of a, an imaginary track, so to speak. I don't think they've actually run a track like that. They, I, you know, iRacing built it. And so, the talk is, is they're going to build other tracks, you know, um, that we already have existing in the system. Well, yeah, wouldn't that... that's... Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, wouldn't, wouldn't that be, uh, wouldn't it be kind of neat? Uh, you know, we get some good configurations out there. Um, iRacing side, and then GRC actually uh, implements them in real world. Right. They're like, well, this works. Let's try it. Yeah, I, I keep forgetting. It's like, oh, they have a new track. Oh, let me see see where it is. And I I realize I already, I, I keep forgetting I have that track already. So I've already got, like, I have Phoenix. And Daytona. Like that, and right. Daytona. So it's like, where where are these new tracks? And I forget that, you know, I already have them, so. But, Mike, what you need to do is you need to get the sprint cars. You need to get over to the oval side and run with me and Will. It's where the the real fun is. Yep. All right, uh, Tony, pick up the next one, please. Yeah, um, I'm sure this is pertaining to, like, right out of the gate at GRC, but there was uh, a couple of problems that popped up with uh, Phoenix, and uh, I heard a lot of chatter over – you know, over the headset about it. Uh, the first one being uh, start qualifying from uh, uh, the oval pit road. Now, I'm pretty sure what they're talking about is where do you go at once you get off a of pit road? There was, uh, it was kind of tricky because you had to, to make that turn right by the uh, trailer, but there was, maybe they could have put an arrow up or something to, to so you kind of knew where to go to get on track. And 
the other one is uh, there's uh, the long sweeping dirt corner with gravel on the outside. Uh, there's some complaints about it being exploited because uh, apparently there's a lot more grip um, on the gravel rather than on the dirt. And uh, well, I can uh, definitely say I spent a lot of time in that gravel and that and I did find a lot of extra grip there. Um, yeah, but by going that far wide, I don't think there's an advantage, even though there's more grip. I mean, you're losing so much, you know, distance uh, from the guy who's running down the inside. I, I don't think there's an advantage, in my opinion, but. Well, I, I know for me, I was able to uh, to get a lot more speed coming out of that corner. So um, right after that corner, there's those like little S's and um, I was able to, to catch up and, and pass a you know, a car or two um, doing that. Now, I hit the gravel just because I'm not a very good driver on that stuff yet. Um, but I kind of was able to use it to my advantage. Yeah, and then I think I told you the first time you came off pit road where to, you know, look for the truck and turn left. And uh, if I wouldn't have said that, I'm not sure, Tony, you would have found the track. Oh, no, I would have been friggin' running around everywhere trying to figure out how to how to do this stupid qualifying lap <laughs> yep so they fixed that uh the other uh, next topic um movable tires seem to have a bug when it comes to resetting they have these big old stacks of tires the kind of blue stack wrapped in like bisqueen and you run into them and they'll bounce and move a little bit and kind of, you know, move around. In fact, they can get moved right out into the middle of the track and I've run into them and it's really hard to miss them sometimes. Uh, but apparently there was a bug was when they would reset, they were resetting back into the middle of the track apparently. And so there was at least one bug report about that. Uh, I don't know if I saw that, but... I did see him get sent into the middle of the the track, and you d definitely have to avoid him. I actually ran into a bug where it was at Daytona, and you kind of go through that S just before the jump, and somebody pushed the tires into the middle of the jump. So I went on the left side of them, which would have been cutting the course if they were in their initial spot. But because they were moved, it was well in the middle of the course. It actually penalized me for cutting the course. And I assume it's because it just registered me on the inside of that, of those tires. Yeah, and that's kind of weird. They need to fix that. I need to do more of it to, to really see how it is. I just, once a week, uh, I tried to do a bit of it, but like I said, I was so slow. I just went to practice, and then since week 13's come and gone, I'm like, ooh, dirt oval, let me do that instead. <laughs> And for All as right. many bugs as it has, to be honest, it's been a lot of fun. I, I feel like we've been given like every other bug out there, but it's still a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. And let's talk about the racing just a little bit. Um, I, was, I think I described it as dirty pool racing. Um, there's a lot of take out there, and you're going to get run over. You're going to get sideswiped and pushed into the wall. And, um, guess what? You're going to do it to other people too, because that's kind of the nature of this racing. And, uh, you just kind of have to deal with it when it happens to you, but it, you know, it is a give and take and it seems to come around, you know, what comes around goes around. And, um, I've been, a, have had a problem with 
getting wrecked in the first lap of the feature. It seems like the first corner, first lap, I'm always getting spun out and then having to try to come back from the back. And uh, But what, what do you guys think of the racing? Is there any courtesy out there in GRC? I didn't uh, personally see a whole lot of courtesy, um, <laughs> but I, I got to kind of admit, I, I really enjoyed it. I really liked that banging yeah, horses, it's, guys. it's kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, bring it. Um, you know, get a little aggressive, and, you know, it's, it's a total change from uh, what we're used to, you know, trying to do in the NIS. Um, it's nice to get out some frustration. Yeah, and, and you don't get worried about, like, oh, I'm going to rub him and damage my car, and I'm done for the day, like we do in NASCAR. It's not like that. And I kind of like the damage model in GRC, because you can really rough these cars up, and they'll still go. Yeah, my very first heat race, I rolled it before the start-finish line, um, and I still managed to finish the race, so that was kind of embarrassing, but I still managed to finish and transfer, so that was fun. Yep. All right, Will, you want to pick up next? Actually, if you want to grab this one, Mike, I'm reading through, and I'm a little confused on this topic This here. one is, um, if okay, so you know how the spotter has a button that you can map where it'll or there's a check mark in options where it will announce the lap time each and every lap to you what your lap time is as you went by the start finish line well apparently if you had that turned on or hit the button that turned it on it, it would crash the iRacing service uh the game and uh, so the fix is is turn that off don't do that <laughs> i don't know if they got it fixed in the patch or not but there were a lot of people uh, saying that was a problem. Okay, yeah, I was I was reading through this and I was having a hard time understanding what was going on, and that that's actually a pretty big bug there for it to crash the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, and I don't have it turned on, so I didn't experience it, but apparently some people have. All right, you want to get the next one? Yeah. So um, David Tucker um, posted up some of the new callouts um, for the. Um, GRC when it comes to whether you've taken your Joker lap or not, or if you've taken too many. So they spotter put up, stuff, right? Yeah, they post up the spotter stuff, which hopefully will allow stuff like the Jimmy the Jimmy Johnson Cuss Pack to kind of update, get these file names filled in, so we could use some of the custom spotters. But it was yep. nice of them to post that up. Yep, and in fact, I actually reached out to the Jimmy Johnson Cuss Pack guy on Facebook this week, and I asked him, "Are you going to update your spotter pack to include?" this uh, GRC stuff, and he said, absolutely. So um, he's already working on it. That's awesome, because now as we're banging doors and, and, you know, probably getting swore at from other drivers, now we can also get swore at from the spotter. Right. And uh, I I think he mentioned something in one of the comments was, now I got to, you know, pour through all kinds of hours of audio of uh, Chad Knauss to find him say the word Joker. Uh, so that's what he's worried about, is getting him, you know, an audio clip of him saying the word Joker. Uh, J- Chad Kanash uses a lot of colorful language, so I'm sure he won't have too hard of a time finding that somewhere, calling somebody a Joker, I'm sure. Right. All righty, so, uh, Tony, what do you got next? Well, uh... Another uh, another bug, but this time it's on the NASCAR side, um, involving uh, getting a f- uh, full fuel fill. Um, it was messing with the uh, with the pit times. You didn't, 
end up uh, spending about 20 or 25 seconds in 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 the pits. Um, now uh, they said it should be fixed in today's hot fix build, and and uh, sorry, that would be the hot fix one, which has already happened, and it looks to be that it's already you know it has been addressed and fixed. All right. All right, and uh, William, what do you got next? So they actually had a hot fix. Um, I believe it was actually the day after the update, and they actually ended up posting um, kind of like the change log of everything that went on. I know so far we've referenced the heat racing and consolation. It looks like all of that was resolved in the hot fix. They did take care of the 25-second pit stop to refuel. Um, some handbrake calibration was adjusted. Um, spotter call, spotter, uh, can't talk right now. Spotter calls were adjusted as well. Um, so it looks like they fixed through quite a bit of the bugs. They updated, um, season setups for the NIS cars. It looks like the Xfinity cars. So yeah, they did quite a few hot fixes pretty quick. Yep. They're really good about doing that. All right. Uh, next up was... Uh, Tony Gardner saying, honest mistake, uh, sorry, we're busy. The person in charge of paying out credits uh, at the end of the season uh, did not get it done. So we are going to wor work on that. And apparently the credits that get issued uh, for participation uh, will be coming if they're not out already. So be aware of that. They just didn't show up uh, when they normally do. There was actually another uh, post, I don't know if I have it on the list, about uh, somebody asking, is NIS going to get a payout? Because at some point they said if you run 30 out of 36 weeks of NIS, uh, you can also get uh, participation credit. So uh, I haven't seen any, and I've certainly done all th at least 30 weeks. I, I think I did 35 or 36. So that'd be cool to get. We'll see. That would be nice, get a little bit of credits. I I always thought it was unfair for the NIS guys who don't run the weekly or the you know the thirteen week schedules. Because all the people running the thirteen week schedules, yeah, they're they're getting paid, you know, but if you're just running NIS you weren't. So uh it'd be nice if they just threw us a bone, you know. Yeah, it took me. I, this is actually the first time I've ran enough races in a weekly series to get credits. Um, I wasn't sure how that worked out, and it came, I think, like a day or two after the update, which is all appreciated. I already bought all the content I needed um, from the update, so now I got a couple extra credits there. I might host a race or pick up another car, but yeah, I was a little curious on how that works. Cause this is the first time I've ran enough races in a week to be eligible for those. Right. Yep, so just save it. Sit on it for next time something comes out. All right, Tony, what's next? Well, there is a, a question posed on the forums um, asking if iRacing's ever inked a deal with FIA and WRC. And a uh, very simple answer. Uh, well, Steve Miners posted, it says it's got a terrific partner with Red Bull GRC, so don't get your hopes up for FIA getting involved. That does not mean that we are not open to doing European tracks for our GRC series. So if you have some you like in per in particular, let me know. I have reached out to a few already, but they don't seem to be too well staffed in the front office. 
All right. So no FIA rally cross uh, is kind of what I'm hearing. Yeah, plus the FIA as a whole are just sticklers and a pain in the ass. I mean, they Formula One gets annoyed at them, and that's who they mainly sponsor. So. <laughs> yeah, maybe we don't want to be involved. Is that what you mean? Yeah, their their governing body's a mess. Like every time I watch Formula One, all you hear is about is just like. Well, you know, we can't implement the changes we'd like to make because the FIA doesn't ratify them because of certain teams and blah, blah, blah. It's like it's all politics and nothing gets ever gets done. Well, yeah, it's, it's like a giant bureaucracy. It's kind of from my understanding, everything's just kind of cl gets clogged up in there. Their style of global rally cross was what I thought we were going to get when they initially announced this, where... You're going down a dirt road. It's not like a enclosed course, like inside of a Daytona Oval. It's like you're going down a 10-mile road, you know, from yeah, point like, A to point B. Like actual rallycross. Right. And so I wonder if we're ever going to get that, or, or I guess I'm dreaming. You know, I feel like we should at some point, because the license class only goes from rookie to D at the moment, and I think that would be like the next... Logical the next one, step. B and A, yeah. Yeah, to have like a B then A where you're instead of being in an enclosed course, you're going down a five, six mile stretch of road. But typical rally, you have a co pilot calling out, and that's just a whole nother bag of animals. It, it is. But, it's it's completely different. But I've from what I've seen it it looks absolutely awesome. <laughs> right. All right, I got next topic. Uh some people couldn't run iRacing after the update and it turns out they don't have the right operating system installed on their computer uh, one guy said uh, was running Windows 7 service pack 1 and guess what we do not support that OS nor does Microsoft Microsoft hasn't supported it for over four years and so they're basically we're telling these people you got to update your your OS, your Windows. You they don't the support Windows, Windows 8. Yeah, you can use 8.1, but you can't use 8. And you can use 7 as long as it's updated to the latest version. So I'm still on 7, but I am updated. So, But uh, apparently a lot of people still are running that old stuff. And, uh, you know, Randy Cassidy put in this forum post, you know, come next season, if you fail to update your OS, you will no longer be able to run the sim. And so they put out workarounds the last couple builds for these people, but they're basically saying next time, you, you know, you're done. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how limiting it is when they do updates, but it, it seems like something like you got to keep moving forward with the sim or... You're just going to get left behind. Right. All right, Tony, what do you got next? Oh, looks like, uh, you know, another question posed on the forums. Um, uh, looks like uh, somebody wants somebody else to, to race with their account or asking if it's allowed. Um, and no, it's it's not allowed. However, there is a little sidestep to that. Um, they say, however, you know, it is okay and encouraged to let a non-member try iRacing using their account under all of the following conditions. Uh, 
uh, for limited demonstration and trial purposes only on the member's own computer and equipment at the member's usual geographic racing location in single car testing mode only and for non-commercial purposes only. Okay, so the uh, clarification of that rule. Uh, it's kind of nice to see that in writing. Yeah, Mike, I was actually going to ask about that because I had a buddy um, that I've been trying to get over my house to show him iRacing, specifically the dirt stuff, because he's interested in both the NIS and the dirt, and I'm trying to actually help him build a computer here in the next couple of months. We're going to get him a wheel, and I'm going to get him into the team, but I want him to see this before he drops serious money into the sim to be like, is this something you really want to do? And that's what I was going to do, just do a bunch of test builds and dirt, trucks, stuff like that, and help him. Yeah, you can test all day long. What the original op was asking was, uh, hey, uh, I want to, it was something like, I want to run oval. My buddy only wants to run road. We're going to share the hardware and account. Can we do that? Something like that. Which, and basically, you know, Tony said no. <laughs> gotcha. That seems like a situation where it's probably better to ask forgiveness than permission. Because I don't know if they have a way to track it if you're on the same hardware. Um, especially because they rank and rate um, oval and road separate. Right. How would they know? Exactly. They don't know who's sitting down at the computer. So, but it does break the spirit of the rule. All right, Will, what's next? So Chase Briscoe posted that he's going to be trying out a R-Laps sim um, at the PRI show, Performance Racing. Um, I didn't really get to find any footage of him actually driving it, but those simulations, the simulators, they looked really nice. Yeah, Kaz Grala, Chase Briscoe, these guys are all at that trade show, and all they're worried about is let's go run iRacing while we're there. And uh, there were some pretty cool rigs set up. Yeah, they they look like full motion rigs. Um, you can kind of see they have the shock absorbers yeah. to the back of the seat. So And the slip, uh, the left to right slip, it looks like on the back too. Now these uh, simulators are put out by a company called Race Like a Pro Simulators, or RLAPS as you called it. They have a website, RLAPS.com. Where you can look up more information about their uh, simulators. And uh, they're pretty cool looking. They look pretty nice. They're all made out of metal and it looks like they're welded together. Yeah, they look really cool. They're not, they don't, they're not made to look super pretty from the pictures I'm seeing here. Like you could still see like the metals all exposed and yeah, but super functional, super sturdy. Um, It actually looks kind of like, if like Mad Max had a simulator. It's kind of what I feel like it would look like. Yeah, and a real racing seat, you know, a proper NASCAR racing seat. Yeah, pretty pretty good stuff. Uh, check that out if you're in the market. Uh, next topic, uh, some discussion on Twitter about from Steve Myers saying uh, he was talking to Chris Page from iRacing that over the last two days we've been handling over 1.8 million page requests per hour during peak times. 
And I think we all need to take a moment and thank iRacing. Guess what? We haven't had the website go down like it used to when they do a build or crash and not load and all those other things that typically used to happen. Guess what? I didn't see any of that at all this time. Yeah, if, if I remember correctly, there was over, I saw over 7,000 people online um, with, I think, over like a six 700 in one GRC event alone, and I never experienced any issues um, other than that weird Constellation bug. For the most part, it was actually very successful. Yeah. I don't think there's ever been as many people on the service as now. But kudos for the the website guys, you know keeping that thing up and running considering all the trouble they've had in the past uh, well as technology improves you know processes improves and what you know what was once hard programming is you know a little bit easier due to improvements and things all right i'm gonna take this next one i don't know if you guys know about this one but uh next topic pretend race cars is being shut down december 7th Pretend Race Cars is a website that was started by a disgruntled iRacing member that got kicked off the service. And I've followed this uh, this blog for the last few years, and I've actually used their uh, stories once or twice on this very podcast. And, uh, and so I thought that we would mention it, um, that this guy is uh, shutting the blog down finally. Uh, he wasn't very friendly with uh, iRacing. Obviously, he got kicked off the service permanently. And uh, he wrote a lot of negative things usually about iRacing. Uh, like when a, a build would come out, he, he would put up an article. And it would have a lot of negative stuff. It, it, you know, he was always the, the naysayer, so to speak. But uh, I don't know. I guess it's kind of nice to see him go. I mean, he wasn't very nice about um, the people in the iRacing service. And I don't know if he put a lot of value out there with his blog, but uh, he got, he had people reading it. I mean, even myself, you know, cause you wanted to see what he had to say about it. Yeah, actually I'm kind of glad uh, you did take, take that one there. Cause I, up until now, I'd never even heard of the site. Um, but yeah, it sounds definitely like this guy's got a beef and uh, he wanted the world to know about it. Oh, yeah. I, I, that's why he started the blog, I think, was to complain about how he got booted off the service. Um, but uh, yeah, bye-bye. All right, Tony, what's next? Well, there's, uh, I guess there's another bug about uh, getting stuck in the pits. Um, just... Yeah, if, uh, you know, various uh, things happen, you just, they tell you to go and you just couldn't go. Um, there, there's quite a bit uh, of chatter about it. And uh, Jeff Rubin, um, staff member, uh, came on and asked, hey, uh, he was trying to get it to, trying to reproduce it, um, couldn't find it. Um, so uh, member Joel Guez said, uh gave a list on how to do it go into test session um on the centrep tre- <laughs> centripetal 
with the global Mazda MX-5 cup, exit the pit, uncheck tires, check the refuel, do a pit stop, wait two or three seconds, and then uncheck the, the refuel. After that, you'll see the lollipop bugging and you'll be able to, you'll be unable to start. Um, Jeff Rubin followed those steps and right away uh, found the bug. Um, and uh, well, he, he mentioned that, he's, that they're going to get on it ASAP. Um, I, I rifled through the... Uh, the post there to see if if there was a fix for that so i i, I can't confirm i think it's whether... still outstanding yeah okay well i'm sure they're going to get on top of that one real quick stuff like that they seem to be able to fix fairly fast and what an ecosystem we have where the users report a bug that the testers would never find oh you got to go and pit and uncheck and recheck your tires and turn off the fuel and get back in the car wait three seconds and check it again and and then it breaks. No, I mean, the, but the testers will never figure that out. So by having such a large user base and the forums, uh, it's quite an ecosystem of software development. Uh, it, it's really the golden cow of software development that it, as a developer, you have a user base that provides real-time feedback on bugs that allow you to fix them and get them you know, straightened out right away. And uh, it, it works. The system works. Not well, not just right. Not just any feedback. My quality feedback because there, you know, there are some games and there are some communities. that are like, here's the bug. Okay, well, what did you do to get it? I don't know. Figure it out. Right. Well, just to just to kind of emphasize how well this this whole system works, um, I'll give you a little bit of a timeline here. Okay, so on December eighth, Jeff Rubin uh, posted. Um, hey, I can't, I can't get this to to happen. Um, and he posted that at 5:25 p.m. Uh, the reply from from Joel was at 6:15 p.m. And at 6:21 p.m., Jeff uh, replied back saying, "Yes, uh, I got it to, I got it to to happen. Um, and so now we can move forward to try to fix this thing." Real time, literally. Yeah, I mean, with within. What is it? Uh, six minutes from the time that the post was made on how to do it, he's he got it to happen, and he already replied saying we're we're on it. Yeah, and also kudos to iRacing for very carefully watching the forum post, and because they do weigh in on the forum posts when they should, and, and they obviously watch all of them, you know, and and pay attention, and they don't miss stuff like this. So, yeah, kudos for sure. All right, I'll take the next one here. This one uh, left, uh, well, actually, um, William, will you take the next one? I'm sorry. I'll take the one after that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. So um, Global Rallycross um, and Red Bull actually have a Fan Voice Friday on their website, and they uh, posted up a poll of um, what's your favorite iRacing track? So we got the result from that. Um, I didn't get to see how many people voted, but we have Daytona International Speedway, the long version at 17%, the short version at 15%, Iowa Speedway at 25%, Lucas Oil Raceway at 15%, and Phoenix at 28%. So Phoenix wins. Yeah, I would say Phoenix is up there on my favorite. I kind of like Lucas Oil a little more. And I think being paid content, I was wasn't surprised I was a little lower on the list, but I know I really liked Phoenix too. So, 
Yeah, I think Phoenix is probably my favorite out of all of them. I haven't tried Iowa, to tell you the truth, but I have done all the others. The other thing about this post at Rebel, Red Bull Global Rallycross.com is they have great pictures, overhead pictures of the actual Global Rallycross tracks, um, the ones you just mentioned. And it's kind of neat to see an overhead, like a blimp view of it. Uh, I don't know if I've taken the time to, to stop and take a look at it, and they look pretty cool. Yeah, they, it's funny because they look really different than you think they would when you're driving them. Cause, um, I'm having a hard time because I've driven on every track and I'm having a hard time telling which one's which if it wasn't for the caption. So um shows right. how well I know the tracks. <laughs> yeah, they look quite different from the sky. That's for sure. All right, this next one, man, I laughed out loud. Ray Alfala put on Twitter this little short video. And he says, what are we doing here? He's not even in the car. And he, it shows his car pulled up in the pit box with the pit crew standing on the wall ready to do service. And they're just standing there. They're just watching him. They're just looking. And they're just kind of, you know, jostling around. And, uh, and, and then he kind of zooms out a little bit. And the guys behind the wall, they're just kind of standing there looking at each other like, uh, what are we doing? It's hilarious. I don't know how to describe it, but it's it was so funny. Yeah, those guys are so itching to get over that wall, and uh, yeah, there's not even a driver in a collie's car. He's probably off having a chicken sandwich. It's great. Yeah. So yeah, if like you want to laugh, check that out. Yeah, the whole team's there ready to go, and those two guys in the background are just like staring at each other like, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, so uh, if you want to laugh, check Ray Alfala on Twitter. That was funny, Ray. Good job. Uh, that was some classic humor for sure. I'm going to take this other one, this next one, because this was a message from an ex-teammate, uh, Jeff Walton. Uh, he used to be on Team Tafosi and on this podcast quite a bit. Uh, he sent me a message after the new build. Uh, he said they've been trying to A-car um, at Daytona, or excuse me, Talladega, and found out the the Chevy will not suck up to a two-car Toyota draft. Uh, they'll pull away for sure. Uh, they found out this using the fixed set. Um, they were running a, a race for Toys for Tots uh, to raise some money. But anyway, they were in practice trying stuff. He said the ride heights are almost six inches in the front and almost eight in the rear. So the nose is actually going under the car. And so he was basically saying uh, Toyota cannot push a Chevy or something like that or you would spin out. Now, I haven't tried any restrictor plate stuff or pushing, but apparently, according to him, there's some kind of problem. So we'll see. Uh, I guess we got Daytona coming up not, not for a while, early February, so we got some time. Yeah, maybe uh, you know, as as, uh, <clears throat> as a team, we could get out onto a out onto a practice track and and maybe test this theory. I'm I, I know we all race different different style cars, so um, yeah, it might might be an idea. Yeah, I, and I do think there might be something weird with the ride heights. Uh, I saw another post uh, a couple weeks ago where the ride heights they showed a picture of the A car and the 
and it wasn't stuck to the ground like it's supposed to be. You know, it, it was like way off the ground, the front of it. So there's something weird going on, I think. All right, Tony, what do you got next? Oh, dirt rally cross track. Uh, sorry, dirt rally cross track design contest? Question mark? Question mark? <laughs> um, what a what a fantastic idea! This is uh, this is all just fantasy. Uh, obviously, there's nothing been official posted about this, but it would be a really cool idea if um, if iRacing uh, threw together something like this. Um, uh, this this fellow, Michael Lett, he uh, he made the post and um, uh, posted up. Uh, oh, geez, I'm gonna butcher this guy's name, Ossian Puaka, um, and uh, he just made up his own design uh, using the New Hampshire road course. Um, really great uh you know he's got a couple of jumps in there even with a with a shark infested uh uh pool with some uh Whoa. with a ton of fermented fish in there um it's uh th- there's a few other uh tracks posted up too from uh from other people their uh their wishes and wants and and um you know th- uh, i know i racing has asked for uh input well what better input could you get from this you know um some really great ideas going around yeah rockingham irwindale one guy has irwindale at the figure eight track and you put a jump right at the joint of the figure eight so they jump over the other part of the track so yeah lots of neat ideas and this is i this is so cool because i racing can you know build these fantasy tracks just like they did at phoenix you know let's go to new hampshire and build one you know why not and so a lot of people are putting up an input on that kind of neat to check that out yeah and you know like another neat thing here that uh i saw some people were asking about i guess they're uh you know a little more fam- i'm not familiar with but a little bit more famous tracks um Lydon hill and and hell um so Steve Myers posted that he has reached out to both those tracks and uh, he's yet to hear a response from them, but uh, maybe um, they seem to be quite popular and yeah, it's a chance, I guess. Another guy did Las Vegas. Uh, Suzuka. Yeah, there's a, a lots of different ideas out here. So uh, pretty cool. All right. William, yeah. What do you got next? So just a little discussion about um, the implementation of heat races. Um, a couple of people were kind of posting about how they should work. And it looks like, I believe, Tyler Hudson posted back. Um, they wanted to do a soft launch to make sure everything works right and work out all the kinks before they rolled it out to more series. And if I'm not mistaken, I'm going to scroll through the post here. I believe somebody mentioned the timeline for my racing. Uh, well, what he said, they're going to launch heats for the World of Outlaw series, Midgets, and D-Class GRC. And so they were asking, are we going to get it in these other, you know, dirt oval series? Oh, and so of, it sounds like they're going to do that. One of the things I picked up on, too, is he actually mentioned that's what I was kind of looking for, was how much longer an event would take with heat races because they didn't want any overlap. So say if you wanted to run... I believe I'm reading here, World of Outlaw, the super late model, that if you run it now, you have enough time to run the UMP modifieds, but if there's a heat race, there might be issues there. So it was kind of nice. I was looking for that where he mentioned that, but it was nice to know that they're actually putting a little extra thought behind that because there are times where 
I know I'll want to run multiple races that are at the same time. And now that you involve heat racing, events are going to take longer. Might stuff might start overlapping. I'm in hurt participation overall. Yeah. And I think what we learned yesterday, William, was uh, when we ran the GRC Rookie, they quit doing heat races there. It was just qualifying and race, right? And then the D, they actually had heat races. Yeah, they took that away from the Rookie class. And I know I hopped in a a USAC uh, 360 sprint car, and I expected hot laps, but there weren't any. But if you actually look next to the description or the little artwork for the series it will show you a little flame if there's uh, heat races or not so there is a little indicator there right all right tony what do you got next i'm sorry mike i lost my spot here uh we're talking the uh uh the featured series the season one featured series uh looks like they're going to give some money out uh, to the winners of each division and class as well. So uh, first place, 25 credits. Second, 15 credits. Third, 10 credits. Uh, the featured series, NASCAR, Class C fixed trucks, and Spec Racer Ford Challenge. Oh, now this is a... This is kind of a neat idea. This is this has to be new. I don't think I've seen this before. So each season we're going to get a new featured series to run, right? Yep, and you can win money if you uh, do well. So pretty cool. NASCAR fix trucks. I mean, a lot of people run that. I think that's one of the most popular series on the on the service. So check that out. Um, now there was a Twitter that came out today about this as well. But um, now, now don't be confused. So what I just described was the 12-week season of the truck series. You can win if you win your division. You can win money. But they also have a thing with time attack, okay, a different thing. If you do time attack, and the, the featured series there are Porsche Cup trucks and dirt late model, all fixed, and if you do well there, you can win a thousand dollars in the time attack if you finish first in a featured time attack series at the end of the season. A thousand bucks. That's uh, that's kind of neat. Now, going back to this trucks there, you said it's in each division. Now, that's that's awesome. I mean, <laughs> those are going to make those races really interesting. Yeah, I mean, how many divisions, seven or eight, they're going to have? So they're paying out 25 bucks to first place in each one of those. And so there's a lot of money out there to get. Yeah, pretty cool. Uh, and, uh, boy, I'm almost tempted to go for the time attack for the truck series. I can probably put a lap up. But I don't know if I'd be fastest, but I'll try for 1000 bucks. Yeah, I was yeah. going to... I was going to go for the uh, limited late model there. Yeah, I mean, you might as well. What do you got to lose, right? Right. Well, that's the whole idea. They're trying to drive participation. Might as well put up a thousand bucks and see if it works. Go get it, guys. All right, I'll take next one. Um, somebody posted up in the forums, kind of what we were talking about earlier with Global Rally. 
the dirty pool kind of racing. Uh, he says, hey, a little less brutal, people. I know it's new. I hope everyone calms down. I know it's early. But, boy, the last couple of races, I got punted more than a Detroit Lions football. And so a discussion, anyway, in the forums about the the racing and is it too dirty, you know, what's going on, uh, you know, are they gonna, are people going to start filing protest, you know, and that kind of thing. I hope they don't. I mean, I kind of think it needs to be full contact out there. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm sure some of the things are going to calm down. I don't see that really happening in, in the rookie series. But as you move up, I mean, you're always going to have the – the bumping and banging, at least I would hope. I think that kind of adds a lot of the excitement to racing those tracks. Um, but <laughs> the rookie series, I'm sure you're just going to, yeah, going to get clobbered, just have to figure a way to get around that and get out of the rookies. Yeah. All right, Tony, what do you got next? Oh, it's, uh, I made up a, a video of, uh, one of the races in, uh, in the rally cross. Um, and there's a lot of uh, a lot of talk about this one about the uh, about the damage modeling being a, a little in, inconsistent from from what I gather. Um, I, I didn't really notice it myself, um, but there's there's plenty of people here uh, talking about that subject. Yeah, Nick Neven, uh, we put up a, who's done videos before. This is another great video he put up of you know, racing with a soundtrack, you know, playing in the background kind of thing. And uh, it's pretty cool to watch, you know. And uh, there's some full contact racing going on, too, that he's showing, which kind of illustrates what we've been talking about. Yeah, uh, the video is, is well put together, and um, <laughs> I wish I, I kind of watching it as, as we're uh, recording. I just didn't have enough time to, to be able to check it out with the sound and stuff, but... Um, yeah, uh, some nice, nice cuts, and it shows really shows kind of what's going on in a in a rally cross race on iRacing. Yeah. All right, Will, what do you got next? So Scott Speed um, did an article with a virtual racing school about kind of talking about global rally cross and how to be quick at it. It's actually a pretty good read. Um, Scott Speed, I believe, has been the champion the last two years now. Three. Global- Oh, is it three years? Yeah, so, I think so. Yeah, no, he's been getting it done um, in Global Rallycross, and I mean, he's driven Formula One, NASCAR, so there's not a whole lot he can't do, but he talks about kind of the type of racing, and one thing he actually does mention is um, contact, and he says usually either you'll get a penalty or somebody will get you back, so it all kind of works itself out, which is kind of where we're at now in the sim, so, but yeah, he has a really good article here on the Virtual Racing School that just goes into... Just GRC in general for a lot of the newer fans or people who aren't aware of what's going on. Yeah, and there, towards the end of the article, there was some uh, good questions about iRacing in general and how he's using it. And, and he goes on to describe that he's been racing with his real-life engineer, his car engineer, Graham Quinn, and they race together in the iRacing series and that they've been doing the Blank Pain Endurance Championship together as a team. And by doing the iRacing together, it's actually made their real-life racing better because the communication gets better between them. 
So they're on team speak. They're racing iRacing together. Then they go and race the global rally cross. And it's translating over that communication. Pretty cool. If you want to uh, read about that, check it out at virtualracingschool.com. All right, uh, next up I'll take, uh, as we mentioned earlier, the Jimmy Johnson Cuss Pack has got a new update, uh, and he updated just the new pit road sound. Now, I'm not sure if that's the air gun thing or what exactly he's uh, referring to, but there is a new version out, so check that out. All right, Tony, what do you got next? Oh, there's a Twitter post from uh, Joe Gibbs Racing um, saying how much fun they had in their first JGR off-season action series race. Um, as Denny Hamlin, Christopher Bell, Ryan Priest, and others joined joined us for the Cup Camrys at Rockingham in iRacing. Um, Tyler Hudson takes home the win and, uh, you know, starts his stuff on iRacing. Um, it's really cool. Uh, like the, the whole Joe Gibbs team and friends and um out having a race uh great stuff yeah it's pretty cool and i've actually watched part of uh i think they've raced twice now um i have a friend on facebook brian wertman who uh works for nascar he's a nascar official and um anyway he's been invited into this race uh with joe gibbs racing and he was running it, so uh, there was a stream, and I watched part of it. I wanted to see how Denny Hamlin was doing. And when I was watching, Denny was like third or something, and he was running right at, right there at the front, uh, holding his own. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's kind of neat to see these cup car, these cup racers uh, in iRacing uh, mixing it up with us. So uh, pretty cool league they got together at Joe Gibbs Racing. Yeah, now that's neat. Now, how do we uh, how do we find out about these races so we can tune in and watch? Uh, I would probably find Brian Wortman on Facebook. He's a great guy. Uh, he's been in uh, iRacing forever, um, and I've known him for several years. Um, so yeah, check him out. And he's he has a racing page uh, where he puts up links and stuff. And then obviously you could follow Joe Gibbs Racing on Twitter, and they're going to post stuff about it as well. All right, William, you want to take the first hardware topic? Yeah, so it looks like NVIDIA has announced a uh, new graphics card, uh, the Titan 5 or Titan V, um, the most powerful PC GPU ever created. Um, And when you pull the article up, it says NVIDIA announces a $3,000 graphics card. $3,000. Is that it? Oh, it's... Tight, the Titan Five. It's in gold. That's why. Oh, it's gold and black. <laughs> uh, how okay. much I expect it to be real gold. <laughs> That's yeah, crazy, it, dude. It probably is real gold because real gold is actually a very good conductor for electricity. Yeah. So it's saying uh, Nvidia claims it has up to 110 teraflops of performance from two. Oh, sorry, 21.1 billion transistors. 12 gigs of HBM2 memory and 
5,120 CUDA cores. Um, I work with computers at work quite a bit, and even that sounded like a foreign language to me. But that does sound extremely powerful. All that means is it's it'll it'll have a lot of power and it has a lot of RAM. For example, I'm running a 970 and it only has four gigs of RAM, so it's three times as powerful as my current card. Yeah, yeah. I think most cards are three or four gigs. This one's twelve. That's They're crazy. Up, current cards are up to six. Right. Well, if you're in the market for a new video card. Man, that's something. Yeah, nothing is, you know, a small mortgage will, you know, won't take care of. <laughs> All right, next topic. Uh a video on Facebook on the Everything iRacing page. It's a uh video of the simcraft.com simulator. And this is a full motion rig. We've talked about it before. But this is the first time I've seen a video of it actually on, in a dirt car on a dirt track. And so they're showing him going around uh, Eldora. And boy, what jumped out at me when I saw this video was, man, this this cockpit is moving around. I mean, it is really moving because the dirt car is swinging left, right, you know, all around. I couldn't believe how much movement I'm seeing. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, my, my first thoughts of... of watching this video and seeing this thing go and excuse the language, but this is total badass. It's this thing is just throwing you around. Um, that would be a lot of fun to sit in and try and race with. Yeah, it'd be a lot of fun, Tony, but, uh, I don't think we'd be doing a lot of racing. I think we'd probably be doing a lot of crashing cause I'm watching this dude right now. And it's just, damn, that, that is all over the place. He, he is, I mean, he, he, he's holding it. He's doing good, but yeesh. Uh, it, it obviously makes it harder, you would think, to drive, you know, because it's throwing you around like that. He hit the wall twice. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I mean, you're going to get in it, and, and your initial response is, yeah, you're being thrown around a lot. Um, but, I mean, after you take a few laps, uh, get the feel for it, I'm sure your body will just come right into it. It's going to feel like a real freaking car just about, you know. What's neat about this cockpit is... The monitors are attached. They move with the rig. So you lo you see a lot of motion cockpits where the mo monitors are stationary, but the cockpit moves. But in this one, the monitors are part of the cockpit. They move with the cockpit. Yeah, now, like, you know, I I used to drive trucks for a living. And, and you know, obviously I'm not going around a dirt track and doing all that other stuff, but... Um, you know, you got an air ride seat and you go around some old country roads that are full of potholes or full of dips and, and, and dives and all, and all kinds of silly stuff. I mean, you get tossed around in one of those big trucks, um, and you still don't have any problem hanging onto the steering wheel and, and keeping control of your truck. So I'd have to imagine, uh, this would be uh, a similar thing. You just gotta, you know, take a few minutes to kind of get used to the, to the movement. Yep. Simcraft.com. All right, Tony, tell us about the next, uh topic here another motion rig this time from canada holy cow canada stepping up yeah um this is kind of cool this comes out of uh montreal um it's a motion simulator uh for sim racing um at an affordable price um and the website is uh very rudimentary um 
But yeah. the uh, the pictures that they show that the the, uh, the rigs they you know they're they're not bad and they you know they start anywhere from like super basic um, with just a couple of actuators um, right up to uh, well customize it however you want um, they'll they'll do anything you you're looking to get done um, but price wise I mean uh, the base model is uh, you know, thirty five hundred bucks, uh, and motion rigs. That's that's pretty damn cheap to get you going. Yeah, thirty five hundred looks like you can go up to about five thousand or more, depending on what you want. But yeah, they got the spring, or, or I should say, like shock absorber things on the back corners of the seat. You know, to move the seat about. Yeah, so they uh, they're two. They call them uh, they're two ultra fast one hundred and fifty millimeter actuators. Um, and they come with 20 motion profiles. So, uh, not a hundred percent what that, all that sounds like or looks like, but, uh, you know, you're getting a, you're getting a fair amount of movement from, uh, what I'm seeing. Yeah. Pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, if you're in Canada and you want a motion rig, uh, you might check this, this out. Cause what are the advantages of buying, uh, within the country, Tony, you don't have to pay what a special tax or something. Well, uh, the, the, uh, the shipping, uh, kills us and the duty kills duty, us. Duty, right. Duty sucks. <laughs> so you wouldn't have to pay duty if you bought something like this, right? Right, right. The shipping, well, I mean, quite frankly, they, they like to ruck us for that as well. So may not save a whole lot on shipping, but the duty that that's, uh, that's worth quite a few dollars, especially when you're, when you're talking a couple of grand and, and you're talking about technology and electronics and stuff. Right. So so what you're really saying, Tony, is if we want one, we're going to pay as much in shipping as we did for the actual product. Thank the you. duty only goes one way. I don't think we pay duty if it comes from Canada to us. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure how it works. We've we've got a really stupid system. Um that's that's all I got to say about that. So <laughs> All right. I'm glad you got that topic. Uh, all right, William, final topic. What do you got? All right, so HPP Simulations um, actually posted up their new wheel. Um, they're known for having some really top-of-the-line hydraulic pedals, and we've been talking about this wheel for a couple weeks now. But they actually put a photo out, put some specs on it. Um, they call it the HSW-F Formula Sim Wheel. Um, it's CNC'd machined out of aircraft-grade aluminum. It has a SLI Pro display, um, which would give you, like, your RPMs, your gear, all of that good stuff. Um, it comes standard with that display. Two 12-position rotaries for the display. Eight push buttons, or momentary push buttons. Two two-way toggle switches. Three rotary encoders with tactile feedback. And two integrated paddle shifters. Um, has a single USB connection to PC, cable included. And it is made out of the HPP quality and design. So, yeah, they're definitely known for having some of the best um, hydraulic pedals. And this is their first shot at a wheel. And it, um, it's formula style, which isn't everyone's cup of tea. But it is a very, very nice looking wheel. It better be for that price. So it's for sale. Uh, you can get it on their website, hppsimulation.com. $1,490. Uh, 
And that's just the steering wheel, folks. That's not a base. That's just the wheel. Yeah, you tack on that uh, that graphics card we were talking about. Man, you're business. <laughs> this this is actually pretty neat because uh, you know we we've been following this this wheel for for quite some time now, and you know they they've kept us well updated uh, throughout the build of this wheel. Uh, this wheel so we can you know we got to see each step and saw the cool stuff that they done with it and now we've we've got the final product it's not just a mock-up or anything like that this is what it looks like and you know um it, it does it, it looks it's a very nice looking wheel obviously it's going to be super sturdy and 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 uh well put together but uh um yeah that price tag's huge yeah i don't know i mean we saw that other wheel a couple of weeks ago, I, I forget who it was from, but it looks almost the same, and it was like $180. And, you know, this one looks almost the same, and it's $1,500, you know. And so what are you getting for $1,500? I'm not sure. I mean, probably a little bit better quality, obviously, but that's a big jump in price. I didn't expect it to be that high. Yeah, I think it was the Fanatec, the McLaren wheel last week we talked about, which is right. very similar to this one. Um, I think this one looks like it has a couple more bells and whistles as far as knobs, um, which you could program. But, yeah, that is a big price difference. I um, Hopefully somebody posts something on YouTube with a comparison between the two. Yeah. I'm sure there's a reason, but. Um, yeah, somebody they, will buy it. Yeah, someone will. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, being made from, like, you know, everything oh. – it's all CNC'd and it's aircraft grade aluminum. Um, I mean, you're racing, you know, you lose by inches or somebody rams you off the track just being a total nub. You get pissed off. You huck your steering wheel across the room. It's probably going to make to see another race. Yeah, I don't think I'd buy this. I mean, I liked his product and everything. Man, that's a lot of money for just a wheel without a base. Man. All right, let's get into final thoughts. David Flowers, what do you got? I'm glad they finally got the dirt licenses out. Um, I am definitely going to be hard charging up the oval side and taking a look at Rallycross as well. Uh, you know, definitely waiting for the 24 hours of Daytona and waiting for the Daytona 500. That's all I got. All right. Uh, yes, on the dirt licenses, that's big. Uh, Tony Groves, what do you got? Well, looks like, uh, you know, my, my, my personal life starting to slow down here a little bit. And, uh, you know, thank, thankful for that because I've been really missing uh, jumping in and getting a bunch of racing done. Um, but holy cow, we got a whole lot of stuff, uh, new stuff going on, dirt stuff. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm thinking of purchasing some more content here. I'd like to get into some more of the oval and I might pick up another GRC track. Uh, that's just crazy amount of fun. So, uh, all in all, I'm just looking forward to, to getting some more racing done, um, and really start fleshing some of this new content out for myself. Yep. Yeah. It's been fun this week. Uh, William Gibson, what do you got? Yeah, no, I'm excited to get going in the season. Um, unfortunately I'm gonna have to miss tonight's pro race, but it's been actually a ton of fun with these new licenses. I know I've been working with David to try to get them up to speed on the dirt side of things and i've been working on a lot of paints and stuff like that for the team and the podcast so no i've been having a ton of fun i wish work would slow down a little bit here 
Um, but I got about another couple weeks before it slows down for me. But I feel like now's probably the best time to be a member on iRacing. And between all the updates and everything they have going on, it's um, I'm really excited for this NIS season to come. Yep, absolutely. And uh, yeah, road to, for my final thoughts, Road to Pro tonight. I'm glad it's uh, back. Uh, I didn't like that we had an off week there. Um, I don't mind running this this race once a week. Uh, so excited to get it back going. Excited to see what I think of the A car after actually racing it in a race and see uh, what these changes are all about. You know, they redid all the aero and and various other things. Uh, so excited about that. And you know, uh, a new breath of fresh air with this dirt road license and the dirt rallycross. Um, I didn't think I would be into it. I mean, I wasn't really excited about it. It was like, oh, you know, ho-hum. But once it came out and I tried it, I'm hooked, and I've been racing it every chance I get. And uh, that's neat because I haven't been doing that a lot. You know, I, I run a few times a week. I run NIS. I run Carb Cup, Pickup Cup, stuff like that. But now I got Global Rallycross, and, uh, and now that I have a separate dirt, oval license i'll probably start running that too i'm thinking about running uh, the midget car i haven't bought anything but that's probably the one i'm gonna buy um dave you were talking the the wing sprint though right yeah don't worry about the midgets mike get the wing <laughs> sprints and let's do this there you go <laughs> because so. i know you're hooked on rally cross but the minute you because you, the wing sprints are you, you can learn and it, you know, it's not like the street stock and it's not like the legend. Like you can get these things sideways and they hold. And trust me, man, once, once you do that, you're going to be hooked and they have a race every hour. Yeah. And I'm not afraid of wrecking out of those because it's a dirt oval license. It doesn't affect my pavement oval license, which is what I was worried about. I have a big I rating there for me anyway, and I don't want to ruin it. And so I'm so happy they got the new licenses out for that. So, uh, yep, it's going to be good. Let's uh, keep it going, guys. All right, with that, we'll see you later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.